Hello and welcome to the Speak Female podcast, the podcast that is on a mission to empower, coach and educate women as well as allies around the world to become more confident, knowledgeable and to have the opportunity to listen to real subjects that they can either relate to or learn something from. Speak female as a term is defined by changing the meaning around words, phrases and stereotypes that tend to have a negative association towards women. Speak female is about how we can and will edit the narrative to build a value community with a goal to see justice in the world. I'm your host, Lucy Grimwade, and I wear many hats where I think and encourage others to think outside of the box. I'm an ICF qualified coach, senior IT improvement manager, and of course, audio and visual podcaster. For season three, I have introduced panel style conversations on topics such as leadership, confidence and menopause. This is alongside a couple of interviews with incredible women doing incredible things. Now let's speak female. Welcome back to the Speak Female podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Abby Douglas, who is a senior consultant working in a boutique recruitment firm. Marianne Fleming, head of technology at Monsoon and is working hard to improve diversity in technology. I'm also joined by Lucy Harrigan, who is also a woman in tech, and Syra Arif, who is also another female working in tech. Hi everyone and welcome to the Female Empowerment Podcast episode and as per usual I'm going to dive straight in. So female empowerment to me to me means encouraging and enabling women to step up and step in and giving them perhaps the knowledge and opportunities that no one else really has. So I want to kind of start this episode by asking you all what does female empowerment mean to you and Syra I'm going to come to you first on that one. So female empowerment to me, um, I think, has two sort of uh, phases or two sort of steps in in, in my mind. So one is about recognition, um, and that means sort of recognizing women's strengths um, and actually, um, you know, utilizing your strengths and and working on your strengths, um, promoting your strengths um, and doing what naturally comes, you know, whatever comes naturally to you. Um, The second step for me is around promotion. So it's promoting women's achievements, um, raising women's statuses through um, different mediums, whether it's like social media, like as as you're doing, Lucy, um, whether it's through awareness of various issues and challenges, um, and even through sort of education. So, you know, for me, it's all about recognition, all about promotion of women's achievements and strengths. Great. Marianne, let's go to you next. I totally agree with Sarah about all of those things. But um, for me, when we talk about female empowerment, it's about giving women choices with what they do. And I think that starts with education, but it continues with uh, valuing their their contributions. I think we bring something different uh, to the table. I think it means valuing people from different backgrounds um, and understanding that just because you didn't do a STEM degree, it doesn't mean you can't have a career in IT, for example. And I think it means valuing their choices as well. So that if you choose to become, you know, to follow a career, uh, to be high flying, that's valid. But so is saying my choice is to be with my children, um, to look after my home. That might be short term or long term, but they're all valid choices. And I think empowerment values all of those things for women. 
um, then none of them are bad choices. They are choices. We should be open, allowed to make whichever ones we want. Abby, what about you? What does female empowerment mean to you? I mean, for me, it's when women can just be comfortable, again, like Marianne says, with the choices they make, they have choices and they're able to be comfortable in the choices. So again, not feeling, you know, criticised or not feeling, you know, lesser because they have chosen the path of motherhood and to be maybe a stay at home mum, but also not feeling kind of, you know, as as an outsider because they chose the career path and they maybe didn't choose to have children and they wanted to focus on their career. I mean, I think in general, women, you know, I just couldn't you can't win whatever you do kind of it feels sometimes like whatever choice you make isn't the right choice so for me empowerment is actually being in a position where you're comfortable to say actually this is the right choice it's my choice it's what I want for my life and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and being surrounded by people who kind of enforce that reinforce that for you and actually kind of back that up and you know support you to feel that way and to sort of achieve that feeling. Lucy. I can get off mute in time um it's such amazing answers already I think we just we're living in a world where everything is such a competition um so rather than seeing each other as a competition it's actually like building and bonding together to create those positive relationships um and yeah just being in a room full of like-minded people where you can you can show your strengths as well as your vulnerabilities um, in a place where you feel comfortable enough and you know learning and appreciating one another for for who we are so but yeah everyone's covered some great answers yeah I'm definitely hearing there kind of uh, allowing the differences kind of respecting people's choices um, recognition of strengths that kind of promotion of strengths as well and the vulnerable piece there Lucy that you just said honestly vulnerability is so key in allowing people to be vulnerable. Marianne? I think what Abby and Lucy both touched on is uh, about, Abby mentioned support and Lucy mentioned vulnerability and that is a huge part. I know I've been extremely lucky to have a partner who never, was never jealous of my path, who never sort of tried to pull me back or say, oh, you know, you, you won't be able to do that. And who, when I would have complete crisis of confidence, would go, you can do it. And you need that. You really need that. And that's this network of women that we've got. And, um, you know, those of you who've worked with me, so the Lucys have both worked with me. And I think we always did support one another really strongly to say, you can do this. It's okay. And just hear out some of that. And all of that empowerment is to give you private spaces to be vulnerable so that when you're out there, you are strong and empowered and, you know, doing it, just just being amazing. And I do wonder... You know, I think we've got a lot of great stories of how we've seen females being empowered. I wonder whether anyone's got a story of when they've seen perhaps females not being empowered. And what, what, Sarah, let me come to you on that one. So um, I've got a really, really good example. um, And probably one of the reasons why I left the legal career to go into health um, and health tech and um, so one of the first firms I ever worked with um, there was one female partner you know so senior leadership all men one female um, but then again you know a lot of the staff including me were female um, and we never saw any sort of promotion of our achievements within the, the firm we didn't see anyone getting acknowledged for the great things that, that we did and it was surprising because, you, you know, you think that what that one female knows what it takes to get to that level. And you think that she would want to, you know, set a precedent, sort of 
take us on the journey, teach us some of the some of the things that she's learned along the way, mentor us, never happened. And actually, we all sort of started getting very competitive with each other because of that. You know, all the females felt like they they were like, you know, fighting for the chance to do something or, you know, um, competing with each other to get that, you know, extra mark in their in their in their work or whatever it was. So I, I really think um, leadership plays a huge part in in, in empowerment and, and female empowerment, especially. Um, and, and that was my sort of, um, you know, example of when it didn't work very well. And um, I think since then, I've always looked out for that. So it's always made me very cautious in, in terms of what where I go to work and who I'm working with, just to make sure that those women in leadership are someone, you know, who, who can acknowledge you for, for things that you've done. So. Marianne. I, I think we've probably all come across those really disappointing um, examples of powerful women not empowering other women and, and that's such a shame and we've all seen it and I think that's you know we're the next generation we are not going to do that or I'm probably the next generation you're the generation behind me but <laughs> we are not going to do that to the next generation that they we, we have to look after there's not enough of us for us to need to be competing with other women we are not competing with other women we're all bringing something to the table yeah and and Lucy I'll come to you because you brought up that word competition competing and I wonder where that comes from but I'll come to you yes it's not about who can shout the loudest really and there's there's somebody I'm I'm thinking of in you know in my mind but um you know you've got that typical boardroom situation where you know all of us probably sat around the, the table have have been the only woman or one of very very few women sat around that that table in the meeting room and it's 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 just not about who can who can shout the loudest and scream the loudest and I think some women um see that as power um it's actually our building people up and we've got to have our backs in, in those meeting rooms when we're the only female in there um or one of two females we've, we've got to have each other's backs and, and really lift each other up in a room full of men yeah I really agree with that and I think everyone that's that's kind of in this room now and also listening can probably really resonate especially those that work in tech I was in a meeting recently and um, I kind of for a moment I kind of stepped back looked at my screen and I realized that I was the only female and the rest of my colleagues who I was presenting to there was 10 other people on the call they were all male (laughs) and I was like wow actually there's still a lot of work that needs to be done Marianne I feel I'm jabbering a lot here, but there's so much that's resonating. <laughs> um, I certainly think that thing about being the only woman in the room is so common, particularly in IT. And I'm now at a point where I don't even notice it anymore because um, if I got hung up on that, I'd never speak. Um, so I do. But I think what Lucy talked about there with, you know, it's not about being the one who shouts loudest. I think that's something that women, we absolutely must not ape male behaviours. We absolutely need to show something different which is about collaboration, which is about hearing people out, valuing everybody's contribution, knowing that we don't know it all. I mean, the the easiest thing for me to say now, and I'm senior enough maybe to say it, but to say, I don't know, and I will go and find out, or I know someone who does know, but you don't need to have all the answers or pretend you've got all the answers. And that's really empowering when you sit with somebody and say, I don't know, but I know a man who does, or hopefully a girl who does, but in IT it still tends to be a man who does. and that whole, you know, that confusion between aggression and assertiveness, we need to, to explode that because I've seen horrible aggressive behaviours in meetings and, and it doesn't gain respect. 
it doesn't get you the result you want. It just pits people's backs up. And I think we bring something else that says, how do we collaborate? How do we, how do we work together to achieve things? What do, we, what do we all bring to the table rather than I'm in charge and I'm the big man? We, we don't need to do that or we shouldn't need to do that. I think as females we're such good listeners and I think that's that's the massive massive thing right um and that's something we bring, bring to bring to the table. Abby it'd be great to get your view because you've worked in recruitment which is probably a little bit split but I'm doing a massive sweeping statement here and, and apologies but I think when I've spoken to you most of your colleagues are female yeah, so I would say I've had a, a little bit of a different experience because I'm not in such a male-dominated place. In fact, the last company I worked with, about 90% of the staff were female. Um, so I've actually seen sort of the opposite side, not women not being held back by men, but actually by other women, which is really tragic and really sad and an actually horrible situation. Um, I mean, I've worked with women in that environment um, who just can't bear to see other women be successful. And I think that's just in this day and age, as you said, like in this day and age, when there's so much focus on empowering each other and building each other up, there's actually, I find there's still quite surprising amount of women out there who are just waiting to tear other women down, who will gang up on another woman. I mean, previously, a colleague of mine who was senior to me had some real issues with the other girls on my team and they were on my level. I mean, this this uh, woman, she'd been promoted above me. She was younger than me. She got promoted quicker than me within the company. And, uh, you know, you know, from some perspectives, I'd have every right to be annoyed with that and be bitter about it. But you know what? I thought she deserved it. She worked harder. She, you know, and I loved working with her and I kind of just got on and yes sometimes we clash over work related things and that but there were other people within that environment who just couldn't you know build her up couldn't support her every opportunity to tear her down and I think that sometimes that's a big problem in female dominated environments is there's that element of jealousy there's that element of you know sort of you know bitchiness almost and that can really kind of snowball and that ended up in a very negative situation and I think that's really sad and I think the focus absolutely has to be on building each other up and supporting each other and realizing it's not a competition and you know if somebody has progressed qu quicker than you what is it that they've done and what can you do and how can they help you to reach that level as well not like oh, you know not kind of being bitter or jealous about it sort of you know getting support from them you know learning from them and building up on that and I think I would say that's definitely lacking a lot in some cultures and I just think that's really sad but yeah I think it's a completely different environment I guess that I've worked in it's not been so male dominated but there is a negative side to the female dominated environment as well and it's something that we really need to work on I think. Thank you for sharing that experience and Syrah I wanted to really ask you because of the work and I know the work that you do with Dollhouse and um and just some of the conversations that we've had as well, I wonder kind of what's your view on why do you think that there is a bit of that competition that's in the in the world and the workplace when it comes to females? I think it's it's all down to what we've been sort of exposed to in the past. Um, traditionally, you know, especially if you work in IT or tech, traditionally it's always been quite male dominated. And we've seen how others have reacted to situations, you know, whether it's in a boardroom, whether it's in within your team. And we're so like, it's, it's etched in our mind, isn't it? Is that we have to be a certain way. 
and you know competitiveness or competitive natures are what makes you successful but really it's not it's actually you know what Lucy mentioned we've got certain traits around empathy that we really are so stronger as women that we can relate to each other we can help each other we can mentor each other there's so much we can do together and I think we're, we're now and again something that um, Mary, Marianne said is we are in this generation now that we're starting, starting to actually acknowledge um, that you know we, we don't need to be competitive we need to build each other up and once we start doing this now future generations hopefully will catch on and then they'll be so used to you know this way of, of working together and this way of empowering each other that actually we won't have to worry about female empowerment even being a thing it won't even be a concept in the future and I think that's what we should be aspiring to is female empowerment should be the norm you know we shouldn't have to talk about it you know that's when I think we know we've succeeded in what we're doing is when we don't have to mention female empowerment because it's just the way we are and that is you know and yeah um hopefully that answered the question yeah and, and as you were saying that there's a couple of things that came to mind one I think it was Cheryl Sandberg that said there'd be is was it Cheryl uh, Marianne I'm looking at you because I feel like you would know saying that the, the lean in thing yeah. Yeah, yeah, and about that one day there'd be no such thing as female leaders, there would just be leaders. Um, yeah. And then my mind was going on about when Syrah was saying about kind of empowering the next generation, my mind went to Abby and to Lucy. Lucy's about to have um, a beautiful baby girl. And Abby, you have your gorgeous daughter as well. And I wonder if I could come to you both really around asking you, how are you going to kind of picking up on what Syrah said there? How are you going to empower your daughters? Oh, big question. <laughs> This was this is my answer to um, you know what do we need to do to shift the mindset about um, empowering others. And I think it's probably because she's inside of me. I'm nine months pregnant, literally about to part. But I think it was such a it's such a massive thing to nurture your children to be that that next generation that we we want the world to be. You know maybe we'll get to the end of our lives and we're not going to be at that place. But it's really crucial for you to bring your child up to be the person that well they want to be and we want the world to be so yeah it's just we just want that generation to be the future that we aspire to be Abby yeah I mean it's it's a difficult thing because it's like Lucy says you really aspire for that for your children and for your daughters in particular um there's so much that you don't have control over as a parent so many outside influences so all you can really do is just you know at every opportunity really reinforce that idea of you know being strong being independent making your own choices you know I when it comes to my daughter she gets to choose what she wears if she wants to wear a dress amazing if she wants to wear trousers that's fine if she I mean her room is filled with toys she's got a beautiful vintage dolls pram but she's also got a tub full of dinosaurs that she gets out <laughs> so it's it's really about you know not restricting them in their choices not limiting them in their choices not you know like I say there's so much outside influence from you know schools and friends and things that you have limited control over um, and obviously you never want to be kind of you never want to be that parent who says you can't play with that person or you can't be around that person because again you know they have to have their own choices so at every kind of opportunity I just try my best to kind of reinforce with her that you know you are you get to make your own decisions you know like you can choose what you want to wear you can choose what you want to play with you can choose sort of this and um yeah just making sure that she knows you know 
one thing I say to her a lot, actually, um, and I'm kind of trying to change this around as well, is I always say to her is, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm trying to shift that now, actually, to telling her to say, are you, you should be so proud of yourself. Are you proud of yourself? And actually, very recently, she tried on her school uniform for the first time. She started school this year. She put on her uniform and I was obviously teary and emotional. And she came into the room and she said, I'm so proud of myself. And it was one of the best moments of my life. It was amazing. And I just thought, do you know what? Yeah, it's not an arrogant thing. And it's not, you know, like, you know, a smug thing. It's just, she put it all on. She looked smart. She looked presentable. And she was proud. And the first thing she said was that I am proud of myself. And knowing that I'd reinforced that in her, those feelings and those thoughts was just, yeah, it was just a brilliant moment. And that's what I just want to keep doing going forward, you know, making sure she recognizes her achievements, giving her options and yeah, just really building her up at every chance I get. And I have to say, um, Abby, you saying that about your daughter and saying, you know, I am proud of myself. All of us, there's not a dry eye <laughs> in on this computer screen that I'm looking at right now. Um, Marianne. Um, it's so interesting hearing you talk about your, your little ones because you're starting with a, a from scratch and they're yours. I've got three stepdaughters who I didn't really get a great deal of influence <clears throat> over. Well, I still don't really, but they, the, over lockdown and for the year before, three of they, they one by one moved in with us. And that's been a huge revelation for me, learning to deal with, uh, they were um, 16, 18 and 20 as that transition started. So they were already near enough adults. Um, but I think the thing that I see when they're going off to university that they don't have and that, you know, I can do my best with, but give them financial literacy, help them understand finance, help them understand that the income, plan your outgoings and then decide what you've got left. Help them understand what interest is because it, they are going out into a world where there's very little help and if you know when you when you first drop them off at university one you'll cry your eyes out because it's like oh my god I'm letting my baby go um, but the other thing is you're going to worry endlessly about whether they can eat whether they've got enough money to eat um, what you'll also find is they always come home with laundry and they go back with loads of food so you know it kind of measures that but give them financial literacy because that's the best empowerment they could have that they are not worrying about money Marianne and as you were saying that my mum will be listening to this episode and she'll be like yep when I dropped Lucy off my mum cried for two weeks solid and she had to go to our neighbours and the neighbours were like Lucy's just gone to university she's like not dead uh, oh, no it, it's, it's like a death it's all, no it's not but you start suddenly you're not mummy you're you're the laundry service from then on Abby over to you and, and yeah, actually, I completely agree, Mary. And that's one thing I'm really grateful for my parents for is that they, they gave me that kind of my mum always said neither a borrower nor a lender be. That was her motto. She lived she lived by that. And I, I've actually inherited that from her. And I definitely want to pass that on. And the other thing that made me think when you said, obviously, you've got your stepdaughters and, you know, you haven't had that much influence. But I think actually you probably have more influence as a role model than you than you know because they see you a strong independent hard-working woman living this you know living your best life and I think that's kind of in a way that's the best best thing you can give a child is to be that role model and be something that they can aspire to and someone they can look up to and I think that's definitely something you know no matter what age a child is they need that and I think that's really important and I mean I hope 
I'll, I'll be that for my daughter. I mean, there's always sort of that balance between do I work too much or do I, you know, what, what do I do? But yeah, I think that's something that you could like, you know, definitely you, I, I can imagine your stepdaughters probably really look up to you. And I think that's so important to have that role model to look up to and someone to really aspire to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're very kind. <laughs> I love Abby that you just bought bought the term in role model and I think actually if we look beyond kind of our younger generations I think all women at all ages and all stages of life need a role model and there's definitely people that I follow and inspire to kind of behave like and be like like Oprah for example Michelle Obama (laughs) Um, I think role models are so important. Syrah I wanted to ask you with your brother and you know the males in your life how do they and how do you empower them to kind of empower the females in your family life career work that's a really good question excuse me a really good question um it's funny I think because my brother's younger than me um he he tends to observe quite a bit so he observes the way I interact with him I interact with other females he observes the way I'm emotional over certain things um, he sees my trigger points, you know, he, he's very observant, likewise with my dad, same thing. And um, I think just by just by watching and, and learning and being in the same sort of household um, at times, um, you know, they're able to sort of empathise with what we go through as females, you know, the, the sort of challenges that we face, whether it's our work, whether it's sort of our social lives or whether it's, you know, a relationship, you know, they see that, they see the different stages. Um, and it is a bit of a roller coaster because we have a lot of feelings, don't we? As women, we do, we feel everything, you know, and that, that's why our empathy um, sort of trait is so strong. And I think while, whilst he's observing me, I think he, he, really li- he realizes how other women um, will react to the same situation. So, you know, at work, he might have a friend who's female or he gets on with a female colleague and, you know, he, he, he'll definitely be much more sensitive. To, to some things that you know he probably wouldn't say to a, a, a male he'll say something different to a female and he'll acknowledge the female and really really sort of promote that that female's sense sense of worth in a way because he knows that's exactly what you know sort of we go through um and um yeah it, you know it, it's it's interesting uh, just based on um just sort of acknowledging what Marianne was talking about and what Abby was talking about as well. Um, when I was when I was a child, or when I was born actually, um, in my culture, um, sort of in Asian cult cultures, when any child is born, especially if it's a boy, um, your sort of main um, festivity is to sort of give uh, a box of uh, Indian or you know sort of Asian sweets to um, different households and to your neighbours, to your friends, to your families. And if it's a boy, you know, if a boy's born, they give this round sort of, it's a round um, a favorite of many families. It's like a round uh, sweet, sweet ball, basically, like made out of like sort of samolina or something. And um, everyone knows that if they get a, a box full of those round balls, it's a boy. It's definitely a boy that's been born. If a female's born, on the other hand, they give um, these square sweets. So by looking at the shape of the sweet, you're able to sort of see what what baby's been born, if it's a, a girl or a boy. So when when I was born, um, the obviously the kind of expectation was, yeah, you need to give square sweets because it's a girl, you know, and it's a lesser favorite sweet kind of thing. So the favorites are always the round ones. But my dad ended up giving the round ones because he's like, you know, I, I don't care if it's a girl or boy, she deserves the best. So 
so he ended up giving all these round ones and everyone was like oh wow you had a baby boy and he's, he's like no 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 I had a baby girl <laughs> you know and it was really nice to see that he didn't differentiate us you know because just because you know my brother when he was born yes he got the same thing and my other cousins who were born they were all boys they got the same thing why should I have anything different you know and it was really nice that my dad already even just by having he's had many sisters hasn't got any sort of female members in his in his in his family he's only got a brother and when his baby girl was born i.e when I was born it was really nice that he kind of made it all the same we were all equal and he started that precedent from that age from when I was born and until now I'm 36 I just turned 36 and it's nice that he still treats me the same as as anyone else he doesn't he doesn't differentiate me or distinguish me in, in any way that's different to a male in our in our family so it's it's nice it's they you know my brother observes the same thing so I'm sure he'll do the same thing when his babies are born so it, it's nice sorry I really love that and as you were kind of talking through that I felt like I was coming back to kind of the education piece and kind of challenging the status quo and um I think it's important to to do that and to challenge and there's been conversations that I've had with my partner he would say something and I'd be like well that's interesting you know I'd go into coach mode and coach him slightly which he hates but anyway but even even at work there's been situations that I've been in when they've kind of said um I had a conversation recently where someone was saying oh well you know we're trying to recruit for out of hours but women don't want to work out of hours and I said well that's interesting how do you know that how do you know that women don't want to work out of hours and really kind of be curious ask those questions but challenge and I think if you don't challenge you're never going to kind of empower females and empower the world to kind of be more equal like sorry your story but you know also to kind of start shifting shifting those mindsets which kind of leads me on to how can we shift the mindsets that there are kind of out there at the moment kind of you know the pink jobs and the blue jobs and you know all of that does, does anyone have a view on how we could start to shift that notion Marianne? I think I've been extremely lucky that I've had men in my life who were prepared to advocate for me. So, Syra, you talk about your dad. I mean, that's just the loveliest story. He just sounds wonderful. Um, And my dad always supported me. There was never any question about, uh, you know, you you should learn typing so you can be a secretary or any of that kind of. And I'm of that generation. You know, we didn't have PCs at school. It was, you know, you could learn typing or Latin. And I did Latin. And dad was thrilled with that. And it's um, those male role models. So the first uh, boss who said to me, you know, why don't you try project managing this? Who accepts me into a tech role without any question about my background? Because my background was totally not tech at all. I was shot floor. I was, you know, I just was reasonably bright. And that's all it took, really. And so those men who are prepared to say, I will sponsor her. I will support her through this are the ones who empowered me when there weren't women in a position to empower me and I think we you know there's we owe a debt of thanks to those men who support us as well and that includes my partner and Lucy your partner probably and Lucy your husband you know they without them we would not be able to do some of these things and I think I think we do need strong male advocates as well really really agree with that and um I read recently um from a, a book that I read why men win at work and actually how she ended it was if you've got a strong kind of partner, so if you choose to be with a male, they need to support you. And, you know, the stuff that I do, I, I'm i so busy all the time and I'm at 
and it's nice to kind of I was just about to say aloud to be honest with you even if you tried to stop me it wasn't really work but he he kind of empowers me but then you also make sure that I'm okay so, so he like tonight I'm doing this but he's making dinner and you know there's such a, a nice clear balance so I guess my next question really is around what what can we do you know just kind of leading on what can we do to continue to kind of empower women and maybe kind of start to build out a toolbox that the allies and the women that are listening to this podcast now that they can kind of take away from this to go and empower themselves empower the women that are in their lives and also for the men to kind of also empower themselves and empower women in their lives Abby I'll come to you so for me, I think I said it before, it all comes around supporting people. I think I saw a LinkedIn post that you put recently, Lucy, about how a previous friend had kind of, you know, held you back from going for your dreams, told you not to go for it. And I think for me, I mean, my whole life, when I look back on my whole life since secondary school, I can just see a pattern of being, having been surrounded by people, by women who didn't support me who wanted to help me back hold me back who wanted to see me fail and actually now I'm surrounded by women who are successful in themselves and have built me up and for me like my thing is if somebody comes to me and says I really want to do this you know there's that whole kind of you know this whole thing of kind of I speak my mind or I kind of tell it how it is and actually I'm just I'm a bit more sort of like you know I want to support people I don't want to say to somebody oh that sounds like too far-fetched what what are you thinking about don't be ridiculous I want to be the person who kind of encourages that person and sits down and be like right well how can we do this what can I help you with where can I support you what do you need um and I think that's really important I think we have to really kind of build those attitudes in people and it's like Lucy said it, it's not a competition we need to take that element out of it and really kind of you know work on getting that support network in and getting women to kind of believe I mean it's it's just you know one of those things it's something actually that you'll hear a lot in kind of like the fertility community it's a, a, an ethos you'll have there it's just just because somebody else has something doesn't mean you can't have it either um and just because somebody else has achieved success doesn't mean you can't get there and in fact if anything it means that they can help you to get there and they can support you and it's changing mindsets and changing attitudes to really believe that and for women to see wow she's successful and not think oh you know she's successful you know and be bitter about it but think wow she's successful I want to be like that what can I do and uh, yeah and just building on that support network Lucy yeah, just um, following on from what Abby said, really, you know, just celebrating each other's successes and, and making it known. I know, Lucy G, you're a massive, um, massive advocate for connecting with other people that share the same values, but then actually connecting other people to those people to, um, to have to connect and to have those positive relationships. You know, I think making those introductions to other team members or other friends or people outside of work that could positively influence and help um, access, you know, resources that they need to grow and develop. I think it is massive and actually building those, those communities is, is absolutely huge. But yeah, I think what we can do is just standing for something bigger than our own success. Let's, let's build on everybody else's success and lift each other up rather than try and be in competition with everybody all the time. I don't know about all of you, but I'm feeling super empowered. <laughs> Syra. Yeah, um, I was going to say, well, you know, I think 
the first thing is to, to empower empower others is to um, sort of learn how to empower yourself first as a, as a human being, as a woman. Um, I think it starts with ourselves. You know, if we're not feeling empowered ourselves, how are we going to empower others, right? Um, I always talk about um, like breath work. I know it's very simple, but, you know, actually acknowledging your breath and actually trying to get that space in your mind to, to think about the positive thoughts, you know, do that self-talk. And I know, Lucy, we always talk about this on our Instagram stories. Sometimes we, you know, self-talk, self-motivation is, is quite key. Um, and once you can sort of iron that out, you know, you're probably more likely to then want to empower others and actually be productive in their lives. Um, in terms of like empowering others, whether it's in a, a workspace, whether it's your team at work, corporate structure, um, I always think empowering females um, or just empowering others in general as well, it, it starts from the top. So it starts from leadership. You know, if you've got a CEO, for example, or, you know, whoever the, the highest uh, rank is in your organization, um, if they are able to then sort of show and, and sort of set the culture of empowerment within the organization, I think everyone will feel like this is the norm. You know, it goes back to that same point of how do we make this empowerment just a normal act or behavior? How do we make it so normal that we just don't even want to talk about it, you know? Um, so, so for me, just as, as an example, organization I work for, you know, we've got a really, really great CEO. She's you know, female and she's at the top of her game, amazing woman, you know, very inspiring. I, I, she's probably one of my role models, you know, in terms of my, my career. And she's, you know, she's actually set aside protected, protected time for um, all women within the team to have two hours every other month just to have a women empowerment session. We bring in speakers from different places. We bring in, you know, we just discuss topics that are so you know, unique to all of us. And we just have an open conversation. You know, what are your challenges? And we forget who we are. We forget the, the corporate structure at that time. We forget, you know, that we're in the workplace. We literally just talk about anything to do with, with something that will help us, whether it's, you know, whether it's health, whether it's just random stuff, it, whatever it is, it, it, the, the aim of it is to have that thinking space for yourself to, and to reconnect with each other. And similarly, I think um, one of you mentioned around like having that community, you know, we talk about communities of practice sometimes, and basically we all do that in different ways, don't we? We put together communities, whether it's on social media, whether it's through your coaching sort of groups, Lucy, you know, it, it's a community we connect. And I think through that, we learn from each other, we motivate each other, and we actually acknowledge that we all go through different things in life, but actually we share that common goal of actually, we're just human beings, we're just trying to live our lives. And if we can do that together and learn from each other, then that's pretty much what it's all about, isn't it? So... And Marianne? Um, I mean, everything the rest of you have said is so spot on. Um, <clears throat> at the beginning of the podcast, um, Lucy asked us to think about what tools we'd have. And I, I've written down loads of things from everything we've said, and I, I seem to have turned up with a Swiss army knife because there's so many things on there now that we that we can do. Um, and certainly I think things like your self-empowerment, your networks and your community, they're so important. I think we should think about language as well. The way we talk about women, we should not talk about the girls or anything like that. We should talk about the women. Um, we should <clears throat> we should accept that we have agency as well. We are not victims. We should never be victims. So we need to own our own behaviours, our own um, strategies, our own um, ambition, and be proud of it. And ask for what we want, and be articulate, and say this is you know be clear about our objectives, and um, and then ask for what it is we want. Um, and at some point, I would say I, I've currently got a coach. The, it is so empowering to have somebody who helps you clarify what, where you're going, 
and what you're trying to achieve. It is fantastic. And um, I can't recommend that highly enough. If you can get your employer to pay for it, even better, because they are they will make you a better you, a more effective member of staff. So, um, yeah, coach, but agency, that's really big. We own our own behaviours. We own our own successes. And we should we should go out and take them. And if you're not empowered enough, like I'm so empowered by everything that you you four have been saying to me, I wanted just to add two more to the mix. One for yourself is our brains are so incredibly powerful. And if you keep saying, you know, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, your brain will just tell your body and your reaction and your language and everything you do, you won't be able to do it. So give yourself that proper good talk you know like what Abby does with her daughter you know I am proud of myself you know I am good enough I can do this and I don't normally like the term fake it till you make it but sometimes you need to slightly kind of give yourself that that oomph to kind of drive yourself forwards and I know that we have a lot of allies that listen to this podcast and what I would like to kind of suggest and offer to you is just be curious ask questions. If you're not too sure about how to deal with something, you know, you could either reach out to any of us on this podcast today, or you could even just speak to a female colleague or speak to a line manager and just don't be afraid to ask the questions and just don't be afraid to be curious and ask for help because, you know, we all do that. We, we all don't know the answers. So don't be afraid to be curious. And I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast today. And thank you, ladies, for joining this podcast on female empowerment today. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak Female podcast. I've been your host, Lucy Grimwade. Check out the show notes where you will find contact details for the panellists that have been on this episode today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share across your networks. The more people we can reach, the better. And I will leave you with this. Be curious, be kind, and be the change you want to see in the world. Speak female soon.